Welcome to a very special episode of the Arnomancy podcast, in which we're not actually going to be listening to the Arnomancy podcast. As you may or may not be aware, I recently started a new podcast project with my friend Alex Bullen, who used to be of the Alex cast and is now part of the uh, John and Alex Hate Stuff podcast. Now, this new project doesn't mean that I'm abandoning Arnomancy. In fact, I'm still working on Arnomancy. I've just had a little bit of a slow patch as I've been finishing up the Agrippa project and starting work recording season five. I'm currently recording this message for you while on vacation in Arizona. But what I really want you to do is take some time during this busy holiday season to enjoy this episode of the WizBiz podcast, the project that I'm working on with Alex. In the WizBiz podcast, Alex and I are sequentially going through the cartoon series Adventure Time. And as we do this, we are not only examining some of the larger themes and arcs of the story, we're looking at the occult influences and occult messages sort of hidden and contained in Adventure Time, and uh, punctuating our exploration of Adventure Time with lots of asides and fun explorations of, you know, odd vocabulary, tarot decks, weird occult topics, and things like that. By no means is this new podcast as serious and heavy as Adventure Time, but I think that it's important for all of us to take time out and enjoy some of the finer things in life, which for me means cartoons. So please buckle up, lean back, and enjoy this episode of the WizBiz podcast with Alex and Eric. By the way, I would really appreciate it if you subscribed to the WizBiz podcast. You can do that by going to wizbizpodcast.com. We are also wizbizpodcast on Twitter and wizbizpodcast on Instagram. Okay, enjoy. Time to get real. I want to see some crazy whizbiz. What's the magic? I want to see some of that with this. This castle is in unacceptable condition. Unacceptable. Welcome back to the world famous WizBiz podcast with Alex and Eric. My name is Reverend Eric, and across from me is Alex. Yes, I'm not a reverend, but my name is Alex, so that is correct. Uh, this podcast is all about Adventure Time, or ostensibly all about Adventure Time, though we don't always stay on topic very well. And in this episode, we are covering uh, adventure two, season, two episodes of Adventure Time, Season 1, Episode 11, Wizard, and Season 1, Episode 12, Evicted. Uh, I'm excited about both of these episodes, Alex. They're two, I think, of my favorites in Season 1, although there are like... 50-some episodes in season one, so it's hard to really pick favorites, but... Is there really that many? I don't know. I just made up a number. Oh, uh, well, you know, you're, you're a host of a Adventure Time podcast. I was trusting you so to I'm have... supposed to know these things. Shit. I mean... I mean, my guess is there'd be 52, right? Two times 26? I don't know why 26. I just pulled that number out of my butt. Yeah, I don't remember. I think there is only like 26, though. 
26 episodes? Yeah, or somewhere around there. So are we close to the end of season one? Uh, We're close to the halfway point. I'm so confused. Well, if there's 26 and we're on 12. Right. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. See, math works by using math. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the sort of thing Jake would say. So what you do is you math the math, and then at the end you get some math. (laughs) Who Uh, wants some free magic powers? Uh, oh, I do, I do. <laughs> Eric, I mean, I think we only can start this quite, uh, this uh, episode in one way. You ever wonder what a demon heart looks like? You ever wonder what one tasted like? Yeah. Hey, kid, you want some magic powers? <laughs> Free magic powers? <laughs> God, then they... So, yeah, so the episode starts with this. And then, of course, there's this amazing, like, hell door that when they come out the other side, it's made of butts. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I just I love this episode. You know, um, Bufo is one of is one of the um, main characters in this episode. Who and Bufo is this collection of like weird tadpoles that pilot around a giant toad man and are a wizard, sort of a collective wizard. Yes. Do you know? Uh, fun fact: uh, his last name. Bufo is a last name. Yeah. What is it? Bufo, these nuts in your mouth. Oh. <laughs> Hi, I'm from the internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bufo, uh, well, so the creature that I guess houses Bufo mm-hmm. answers the door when Finn and Jake arrive, and it's like, are, uh, are you Bufo? No, I'm not Bufo. Can we talk to Bufo? And his head kind of inverts, and then this poly creature. This, um, yeah, yeah. His, his neck sack or something yeah. bulges out transparently. Yeah, it, it, Bufo's a great character design. Like, so crazy and speaking of character design one of the character designers for adventure time is um phil uh rinda from which phil face comes the phil face is the face that gets drawn on the wall during the oh yeah oh wow and really? phil face makes an appearance in this episode i believe one of the old wizards or something has phil face no shit. Yeah. Oh, so I didn't pick up on that. Philface yeah. kind of shows up throughout the series, and I believe this is the second appearance of Philface. So Philface, uh, tell the audience, give the audience a better explanation of what that means. Okay, so the Philface is like a. Uh, this is like Phil the name, you know, like Philip. Yeah. Um, it's just this sort of like dorky looking, uh, smiley face with like nerdy glasses and sort of like stubbly beard hairs, and it shows up sort of like on different characters usually like background characters throughout the uh, throughout the show, but it's a reference to uh, Phil Rinda. Like it's yeah. supposedly a, a character of Phil Rinda, and Phil Rinda is one of the character designers for Adventure Time. Now, is that the face that we were drawing on our ritual? Was that the... Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. So, so, so we'll talk about Phil face more when it becomes uh, part of the plot. Yeah, but for old-time listeners, the and we've referenced that in the show before, the... Uh, Alex cast an Arn Mancy Halloween special where we tried to summon a cartoon demon. Yeah. Uh, the Phil face was... Uh, was a very important part of yeah, that. Yeah, it was an important part of that. So, yeah, we, we get inside the, the magical tower and we are introduced to how they're going to learn stuff. And level one, Dustomancy. Dustomancy. And what you have to do in order to <laughs> learn Dustomancy is eat these brooms. Oh, God. It's just... It's it's the grossest thing they have to do, honestly. Like, everything else is pretty easy compared to eating yeah. room. And I do like the the Jake style of he just grows big, throws it in his mouth. It's like, just do this, Finn. 
And yeah, that's <laughs> just not, do what I do. Yeah, and then Finch just has to <laughs> just sit there eating a broom, which actually oh. I kind of was like picturing too much. It was just like, oh god, god. that'd be brutal. Oh, uh, so many splinters. So yeah. many like, oh, and the shits that you get from that. Ugh. God, broom yeah. shits. Nobody wants broom shits. Although I suppose maybe one of the spells he learns at some point is uh, digestomancy. Yeah, I mean it would definitely come in handy. Yeah, I yeah. mean there's no there's no denying that. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So then, uh, so that's the first kind of one. And then we kind of start fast forwarding through levels. But the, the next level is you have to thrust your hand into this bowl of eyeballs. Which are, yeah. Yeah. And so I, the question for you, Eric, are you upset that this show uh, revealed what the initiation was to the 33rd degree of Freemasonry? Because I've heard Wait, that that's hold on. exactly I didn't it. know. What the thirty third? I've not thirty third degree. I don't know what the thirty third. Oh, wait, what are you thirty second? Did you just ruin the thirty third for me? Okay, I'm in thirty second. Oh, I mean, whatever the top one is. Ah, <laughs> uh, time to do a bunch of whippets until. Wait, I what are you? I'm thirty second degree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thirty third's like a kind it's of like a special honorary. Yeah, yeah. That's there like is you... there is a ceremony for it. I just yeah. don't know what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just thought that'd be funny that uh, like all your years of like hard study of like in masonry, and then at the end it's a Halloween trick of just, just put your hand in, put this your bowl, hand of in the bowl of eyeballs. <laughs> that would be uh, that would be delightful. Yeah, I guess um, another thing about this episode that I uh, was sort of that, that I really liked is uh, at the end, the or near the end, when Finn has to take the uh, pledge of ultimate responsibility. Sort of the way that it's sort of framed you know like you have all of these ultimate powers and now you must take the pledge of ultimate responsibility and i was kind of thinking like was that a spider-man reference you know with great power comes great responsibility Hmm. with ultimate power comes ultimate responsibility uh i'm gonna say it is just because that's more fun of an answer okay but good uh, yeah i do love the the fact that uh so when when they're like hey you have to take the uh pledge of ultimate responsibility he's like wow i've never seen someone so like wantonly and without thought take a yeah. pledge of ultimate responsibility <laughs> so irresponsibly <laughs> yeah. responsible <laughs> yeah and so then uh you know when finn gets when finn takes the pledge and ends up learning what the ultimate responsibility is that that wizard room that he's suspend, suspended in yeah uh, it has a bunch of like astrological um glyphs and sigils on the walls behind him which i thought was kind of a yeah Interesting. Yeah, the reveal is that there's been uh, a meteor heading towards the wizard temple for the past 847 years or some number close to that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way to stop it is to suspend ascended wizards and shoot their power at some, I don't know, diamond thing. Yeah, Uh, and it keeps the asteroid from advancing. Yes, which, you know, uh, interesting technique. Uh, and Finn's like, yeah, fuck this. Uh, he, he declares youth culture forever because those old guys are fine with it, <laughs> which I think is great. Um, there's a beautiful joke here where he breaks out and he like stands off against the meteor and he goes, ultimate wizardry activate. And nothing happens. He's like, oh, maybe my footing's off. And then he tries it again. It works perfectly, <laughs> which I think is such a beautiful adventure time joke of like yeah. that. There's... The the natural expectation is, of course, your powers aren't going to work. Yeah, he's going to yeah. try new footing. Of course, your powers are going to work. But in this show, no, no, they totally work. Yeah, yeah, that's that was the solution. <laughs> and yeah, it's a beautiful little joke. And but then also when he's activating the powers, he's like naming them, and he names like you know a few of them like Vorpal Hand, Beauteous Wing, yeah, Tiger all Face, stuff, or Tiger Face. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like, and all of the powers I didn't name. Mm. <laughs> like, did you need to name the other ones? Are they special? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, so he, he gets his ultimate wizardry going, but it's not enough to save the village. 
and the uh, the old wizards that before were so content to just shoot their wizard power at the at the meteor forever decide to help and and they're like oh god you, you finally came to your senses decide to help it's like no we're just trying to save the temple where we live so mm-hmm. we thought this would be a good idea no they wanted to run away yeah they were like oh no we're out of here finn was like well how about you help me before you run away oh is that the deal yeah yeah i, yeah, I, yeah. I watched it a while ago that was like 20 minutes I know, ago. I was being facetious. <laughs> they don't know that. Uh, yeah, when I came in and you were like, oh, wait, I got to watch these episodes. And then uh, you just played on your phone the whole time. Well, no, I wasn't playing on my phone. I was taking notes. Oh, oh right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Of I course. was. I'm I'm re- sure, no, I'm sure that's what happened. I'm, yeah, re- totally. I'm reading them right now. Totally. In, in fact, I will quote, hey, naked kid, want some free demon heart? <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. But to be fair, that was probably in that note before I watch the episode because you know i frequently reference naked kids eating demon hearts oh yeah yeah i've seen yeah. i've seen your artwork well i'm a member of the dnc so it's, mm-hmm. uh, that's what we do that's how i get my adrenochrome <laughs> right it's pizzagate yes so uh, uh yeah they, th- that's how they <clears throat> save the the place uh, i like how uh bufo at the end he's like oh man i'm just such a failure won't do anything this is terrible and ben's like man no that's fine just don't take take other people's ideas and then you're cool and it's like oh i guess i will do that I'm so glad I had that idea. <laughs> Good joke. So what do you think are some of the, what are the lessons of this episode? What were we supposed to learn? I mean, read the fine print. I guess that's a good one. Um, I think um, Bufo's an asshole. That's a pretty good lesson. Yeah. Buf- yeah. Bufo's a jerk. Uh, you know, maybe uh, if you're in Bufo's shoes, ask advice. Because I think if you have the ability to like trick people into like replacing elderly wizards, stopping the meteor... Maybe you could trick, uh, you know, some some giants or something to move your city for you. Or, yeah, I, you know, I think punch uh, the meteor on its way down. Maybe there's something there about like um, just because you have ultimate power doesn't mean that you're wise enough to know how to use it. Yeah, I mean that's that's I mean that's probably like a real answer. Yeah. Well, I thought that maybe a real answer would be refreshing. That was good. I I, I appreciated it. I, you know, I didn't come up with it. <laughs> But I really think the 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 main takeaway is you could have just probably asked the Gumball Guardians to like come over and like oh sure you know, yeah they could have just meteor. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting you know the uh, the idea of a of a thing from space coming and threatening ooh is a recurring theme and um, this particular uh, I think they called it an asteroid in the episode but that asteroid is not the big thematic comet the cosmic comet which comes by. In later seasons. No, no, this is just a, yeah, I think they called it a meteor and an asteroid, because it's weird when they called it an asteroid later. Oh, did they? Maybe they used both. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they've got the cosmic comet, which is the herald of the, you know, changing of the Yuga cycles. Yeah. Right, right, right. And something, there's like Orgalorg and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's much later in the series. Yeah. But yeah, Ooh, Ooh has uh, bad luck then when it comes to um, celestial bodies uh, running into it. Yeah. Well, they have, um, when you see the outline of Ooh, I think there's like a chunk taking out of it. Yeah. So, yeah. That's got to be from the Mushroom War, though, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, the idea, I mean, it, we'll talk about it, you know, uh, years from now, but <laughs> the idea is that, you know, this is a, you know, a much like the, the Hindu concept of the, like the Yuga cycles is that the world kind of refreshes itself each time the cosmic comet goes by, either by the mushroom war or the comet actually impacting. Mm-hmm. And there's these incarnations of some version of Finn and Jake in each of them. Right. And, uh, and the, the elementals are important. Yeah. And- so I, th- I think, um, yeah, this might, I don't know, maybe this is where, you know, the, the little 
little tiny little germination of a seed came from. Uh, oh, maybe. Maybe. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to believe that we've come to this already. Did we zoom through that discussion? It, I feel like it's already time for our first segment. I think we should be on the first segment. Here's the, I think the problem with episodes that are so good like that, uh-huh. it's, it's kind of, I don't know, they stand for themselves. It's just kind of like, it's, yeah. It's hard to add anything. I think like in the next episode, I think that there's a, fun, a ton of sort of like fun things to mention that are sort of like, yeah. oh, look how the story developed. Oh, look at like what's going on here. But yeah, these really good episodes, like you really just have to watch them. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's just not a ton in Wizard that uh, reverberates throughout the whole show. Like, Bufo's a, a recurring character, so he shows up uh, over and over again, but he never, has a he never has a major role again. He's always kind of a background character, I believe. Yeah, I don't even remember him showing up again. I don't, I don't doubt you. I just it's, He shows yeah. up in, like, the I think I don't remember if he's in the Wizard battle, but he shows up in, like, the Wizard City, and he shows up in some other things where there's, like, a ton of Wizards where there's some, like, background Wizard characters. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he ever has a major role. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do our first segment. Okay. What's Wait. our first segment? Okay. So first segment. Shiny rock. Shiny rock. Hey, look at this shiny rock I found. Okay. I, I have a random list of words and things I've run into. And, um, I thought I would share them with you. That list is, uh, running very low. I need to refresh it. So. Ooh, so we get a boring shiny rock? No, I still have a few good ones. Okay. I just, I realized that like, I need to, I need to get back in there and, uh, put my, put my nose to the word grindstone. When your list starts to get low, do you pick the worst shiny rock or the best shiny rock? I'm going to pick the best one. This is the first time it's gotten low. I don't know. I, I'm not sure about this. So, how, uh, how, how did it get low? I feel like we've only done a couple episodes. Well, this is episode six, I think. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So it's a fair amount of words. All right. All right. So the word for today is jamais vu. Je ne vu. Jamais vu. Jamais vu. Jamais vu. Uh, hmm. I mean, it sounds to me like it's in a foreign language, perhaps Russian. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's French. It is French. What does it mean? Uh, well, it's the opposite of déjà vu. It's the feeling that this has never happened before? Somewhat. It's finding a subjectively unfamiliar something that we know to be familiar. So, like, you know something as familiar, but you find it unfamiliar. Like? I don't know, like a bottle of beer. You could be like, I don't really recognize it as a bottle of beer. Like, it's just... It's, but, uh, yeah. Hmm. Like, in that, in that, like, uh... Deja vu is like uh -huh. kind of the feeling of like familiarity when it's not there. Like it's almost like this has happened before. It's almost like so if this if deja vu is the feeling of this has happened before when it hasn't happened before, uh, jamais vu is almost like the feeling that this hasn't happened before when you know it's happened before. Oh, yeah. weird. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Have you ever had the feeling? No, but I just found the uh, I found the uh, phrase kind of interesting. I think I, I what, what about like um, uh, mild face blindness like. I meet somebody, I know I've met them before, but I'm totally, I'm like, I just don't remember what the hell this guy ever looked like. Yeah. Would that be sort of similar? You're asking too deep of a question. All I really know is that. Uh, I feel like you should make up an answer. Um, yes, that is part of that. That is it. Okay. Well, here, okay. here's, here's, I'm going to give you another one then. Okay. That, okay. I feel like that kind of fell flat. Well, I don't know. I feel like I'd heard that word before. Um, hey, there you go. Very nice. Do you know what a milver is? A milver? Yeah, one of the few words that rhyme, rhymes with silver. Okay, hold on. A milver. Let me, let me think about this. 
I feel like it's going to be some sort of medieval trade. Like a milver is somebody who like, I don't know, knits handkerchiefs or uh, repairs um, uh, millstones or yeah. something of that nature. I mean, you're very not close at all. Oh. A <laughs> uh, milver, well, like you would be a milver. Uh, I would be me. a milver. Yes, because a milver is a person with whom one shares a strong interest in a particular topic, especially that of words and wordplay. Oh, shit. So, yeah. so we are milvers. Yeah. It's funny. You know, I have a friend who moved to North Carolina, and we text each other frequently, but we almost always just text each other about our Wordle score scores. Hmm. So does that make us Milvers? I guess so. Huh? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Well, that means that like Wordle has has probably increased the number of Milvers in the world. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Wordle is a Milver mover. Yes, between Wordle and Words with Friends and online Scrabble, I believe uh, yeah, there's yeah, many we've more had, Milvers in the world. Yeah, the 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 pandemic in particular caused a huge explosion in Milvers. Yeah. But I mean, I think the best thing about Milver, it's yeah, it's somewhat use, useful word, but uh-huh. it's a word that rhymes with silver, which there is uh, very few of those. I'll give you 30 pieces of silver if you'll be my Milver. Exactly. There yeah. we go. <laughs> I think that's directly from the Bible. I feel like, yeah, that's totally what happened at yeah. the end. Yeah, so, you know, audience at home, if you ever hear that thing of like, oh, there's no words that rhyme with silver, orange, or uh, uh, what's the other one? Um, porcupine. Purple. Uh, yeah. Wait, there's no words that rhyme with purple? Well, there are, but that's a commonly held phrase is nothing. There's no words that rhyme with purple. They're hmm. like archaic, weird, weird ones. Hmm. Like uh, herple uh, is one. Herple is the like, I think it's like walk with like kind of like a funky limp kind of, I think almost like maybe like a cowboy kind of gait is our Is, is our that purple. the, is, is the herple the sort of walk that doesn't attract the worm? I would actually, yeah, I would think maybe the herple would not attract the worm. Yes. Herple feet got no rhythm. Uh, Purple feet got no rhythm. Is yes. that the actual name of a song? Uh, well, no. It's that. What's uh, that? Uh, uh, I was thinking of. Uh, I'm writing it down. <laughs> George Michael or Wham. That uh, I'm never gonna dance again. Purple feet have got no rhythm. I ho- is that what he says? I hope so. No, no. He says guilty feet. Oh. Okay, so that was our first little segment. Um, okay. Uh, between two Milvers and a bit of jamais vu. Oh, and also, like I totally. Um, I feel like in addition to us being Milvers, I know that I'm a total herple on the dance floor. Yeah, I could see you herpling around. Yeah, yeah, I totally herple. I feel like I um, don't dance. Uh, that just might mean that you herple by default. Uh, it's more just sit there. Yeah. That is the thing that I want to learn in my adult life. Is I want to learn how to be comfortable dancing. That's going to be my, it's on my list. I don't know how to... Do that, except to just try. Yeah, I don't find myself in situations where it comes up. Uh, also, everybody I know doesn't like dancing as well, so it's not like I have anybody I can practice with. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not a huge fan of it. I mean, I'll do it if dancing is, like, super called for, but I'm not, I don't, like, seek it out. Yeah. Speaking of a transition to the next thing. Ooh. Evicted. Episode 12, Evicted. Now, I feel like uh, our many... Uh, adoring listeners have been waiting for this episode. Mm. I, I know I was because yeah. this is the introduction of possibly one of, if not the greatest Adventure Time character aside from BMO. It goes BMO and Marceline in my book. Same here. I feel I I, I ship them. Uh, Beam Celine, Marcelo. 
Yeah, uh, Marcelo. It's uh, yeah. Marcelo. That's where Jefferson lived. Wait, Marcelmo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Marceline plays with Bimo in the yes, in this yes, yes, so, yeah. which is perfect. That's all we need. That's all we need for our head cannon to be uh, fully realized. So yes, all right. The episode starts off, and this is uh, an important factor in this one of uh, Jake telling Finn a scary vampire story. Hmm. In which uh, the vampire is mean and whatever and could have lived in this This very very house. house. Yes, and? And it turns out there was a vampire in that very house. Not just any vampire. But yeah, Marceline the Vampire Queen. The queen of all vampires. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is that Jake claims to have made that up, and I think he believes it. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he totally gets freaked out later, you know, uh, when the wind blows the window open. Yeah. He screams and falls down to the ground and he's like oh i know i wasn't scared i was just singing my screaming song well i believe that i think that was just a screaming song sure but yeah he i think he does kind of believe it i think maybe he knew about marceline ahead of time you think well i mean marceline's a thousand years old yeah marceline when we learn marceline's backstory um later on like much later on in the series uh she's got to be a legend i mean she killed every other vampire on the planet yeah. Like, she's the last vampire. She killed the vampire king. She killed all the vampire nobility and stole all their powers and sucked their souls out and stuff. Like, she's she's not just the vampire queen. She's, like, half human, half demon, nitosphere demon Yeah, vampire. Yeah, she's badass. You <clears throat> gotta is. love her. And she can play the bass. Yes. Also, this episode features the... Uh Close captioning, warbling ominously. <laughs> warbling ominously, which I hope ends up being the title of this episode. Yeah, I think I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to name it that, okay, assuming okay. I remember. So, yeah, so Marceline gets introduced in this episode, and she is, um, I feel like she's a very interesting character and has a lot of interesting development, because when she is introduced, it's made very clear that she is terrifying and deadly hmm. in a way that, like, nothing else has been presented as so far. Like, even the Ice King, one of the most powerful creatures on Ooh, is never sort of uh, portrayed as something um, deadly and terrifying, you know? Yeah. She's the first, at least the first, like, kind of human-like, uh, deadly, horrible thing. Mm-hmm. And um, though in her first introduction, she does, like, Finn freaks out saying, oh, you're going to suck my blood. And she's like, yeah, I could do that, but, you know, I mostly just, I eat shades of red. Yes. And it's introduced that she has, she's actually more of a, a, a color vampire. Yeah. Which is an interesting take. And a flirt. Like, yes. she flirts mercilessly with Finn, and Finn spends, like, half the episode blushing. Uh, yeah. Also, well, I mean, we don't find that out till like, much later, but, you know, first uh, canonically, at least by character in the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. Because we also find out later that she had, a, she had an ex-boyfriend. Oh, yeah. That dude was a dick. Yeah. Trevor or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. He gets a whole episode, though. Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's we'll get to that when we get to that. So, yeah, uh, she kind of brags about how she's been all around Ooh, and now she's happy to be back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, she makes reference to uh, riding a school of, uh, like, mutant goldfish. Yeah, we get a short shot of her being in the sunlight. Yeah. Which, which I think is the only one we get. Yeah, which goes back to our previous discussions of, like, you know, how much did Pendleton Ward have lined up and, you know, how much of the world did he have figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You know, obviously he didn't have the marceline mythology fully formed or he wouldn't have allowed yeah a shot of her in the, the blazing daylight sun um i think this episode is also the first time we see the worm people 
Yeah. And uh, one of them shows up right at the beginning, and then we get sort of a bigger shot of him at the end. We also get, like, our first mention of the Fire Kingdom, which ends up being pretty important later yes. on. And um, Tree Trunks shows up. Uh, problematically, too, because Tree Trunks yeah. is still supposed to be in the Crystal Apple parallel universe kingdom. Yeah, I'm not sure what's up with that. I wonder if this episode uh, aired out of order. Hmm. Or something. or so, I don't know. Or maybe maybe they just didn't care that much about continuity in season one. <laughs> Let's, yeah, you know, maybe they did air it out of order. She is a pretty major character and, like, immediately becomes a major character. And she's in the intro sequence. Yeah, so I wonder if they were going to do all of the major character episodes in a row and then decided to push this one back to try to buff up the kind of later half of the season. Yeah. You know, kind of mid-season finale almost. That could be – I'm sure that this is something that uh, the internet could answer for us. But yes. I did not look that part up. Yeah. So, uh, she shows Finn some nuts and they turn into like dancing sprite creatures mm-hmm. out of straight out of Miyazaki, which is great. And Finn says, oh, you're wonderful. Oh yeah. We're, he totally digs Marceline yeah. at first. And then, uh, she pretty much immediately boots them because turns out that she has carved an M in the treehouse many years ago and has claimed her stake to the place. And as we go throughout the episode, it turns out she's done this more than once. She just like carves her initials in places and then yeah. she's like, this is mine now. It's, um, this is definitely, Ooh needs property lawyers, for mm. sure. I feel like Ooh needs some sort of regulatory uh, board that controls ownership. Yeah, I mean, probably going to get those uh, Brian Posting businessmen from earlier episode. Those would be, those would be perfect for yeah. that sort of thing. Although I also believe they would probably just try to take over all the property rights. And uh, so this, uh, this episode is also probably... Uh, one of the kind of uh, early, most musical ones mm-hmm. of uh, we get the Oh Marceline, Why Are You So Mean sequence. Do which, you know who sang that? Um, uh, a human being. Pendleton Ward. Really? Yes, that was Pendleton Ward yeah. singing the um, the Oh Marceline song. I think it's also called the House Hunting Song. Oh, okay. And then also, you know, Pen- uh, Marceline's uh, voice actress, Olivia Olson is an incredible singer yes. and does all of Marceline's songs also. Uh, dear listener, if you want to treat, go look up her stuff on YouTube. Yeah. She's just, she's delightful to listen to, a heavenly voice, wonderful sense of humor, great singer. Yeah, and she did a uh, she did a duet with her cartoon father at some point, Hudson Abadier, <laughs> yeah. right, which is a fun one. Uh, yeah, so Marceline, Why You So Mean, great song. It's a bop. We love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jake sings... An absolutely terrible song oh, about where home is, where she's like, home is wherever you will find yourself feeling oh, yeah. loved. And just playing like off-key viola. Was, oh, that's yeah, totally yeah. Jake in the style of Tom Waits. Yeah. That's uh, what I wrote uh, down. I was like, is Jake singing like Tom Waits? Yeah. That's in my notes. <laughs> and then Finn follows up with a pretty half-hearted rap that isn't very good too. But, um, you know, by the end of the episode, it becomes apparent that Marceline is just playing around with them. Well, let me stop you there, because there is a question about that. Yeah? I mean, I think it's apparent by the end of the episode, but at one point, Marceline does make an earnest effort at sucking Jake's blood. Does she? Because it turns out Jake just moved all of his guts and organs into his thumb. But did she know that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think she would have killed Jake? I don't know. I mean, it feels like that's what was the intention. Or... Maybe she knows how to stop sucking blood at a certain point that it doesn't kill the person she's she's feasting upon. Yeah, maybe she was just going for a nibble. Yeah. 
I mean, she obviously didn't get any blood out of him and then discards him. Uh, so that's a good question. We also see her turn into like a, a giant demonic bat thing. Yeah. Which uh, appears later in the show. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a recurring thing, too. She can shapeshift and get huge and scary. and Yeah. She's she's terrifyingly powerful. Yeah, and uh, in her bat form, she you can see the, the Hudson Abadir uh, influence oh, on her. Oh, for sure, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, she, like, she like bats Finn around and spanks him and stuff and in the end just sort of gives him a kiss. Like, it, it was obvious that she she was roughhousing a little too rough. Yeah. And Finn didn't realize it. Finn put his all into trying to stop Marceline and she just sort of laughed it off. You know, so they find a new home in their, uh, in a cave, uh, which Marceline is. So they have a big party and then Marceline crashes the party and takes the cave back. And she's like, oh, no, you can have, you can keep, you can keep the treehouse as a gift from me, mm-hmm. which is like just a fucking power move. Yeah. Oh, totally. What a, yeah. And, you know, just the thought that like Marceline is forever Finn and Jake's like landlord is pretty awful. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Finn and Jake uh, triumphantly uh, return to the treehouse, uh, say, you know, saying oh yay we're back and then the, and when they get there yeah the worm people are there and the king worm yeah the king worm this giant psychic worm comes down and yeah and then takes over their mind and he's like come here friends hug me do you know that's the one this this is something that i've been waiting to tell you about the king worm is voiced by eric estrada from chips really yes oh yes what, that was Eric Estrada? Yes, from Chips. How the hell did that happen? Well, you know, he probably rode his motorcycle to the studio. Wow. Um, that's, yeah, I don't know what to do with that, but that's really interesting. I have seen every episode of Chips. Really? Yes. I've seen an upwards of one, but I, oh. I'm very familiar with the show. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a masterpiece. It's, a, it's, it's the best TV show to feature motorcycle cops uh, as the main characters. Yeah, I'm trying to think of... Yeah, I was hoping there'd be a hilarious example of one failing. Even better than Cop Rock, which I'm assuming had had a motorcycle cop in it. Yeah, I was uh, I was really delighted to see that. I'm really glad. You know, I remember, I, I don't know if it was the last episode or the episode before, where we were sort of pondering, like, should we see who these guest actors are? Like, who are the voice actors? For oh, these? yeah. Like, so this time I actually looked and I was like, holy shit, Eric Estrada. And I didn't believe my eyes. I was like, like the Eric Estrada? And yeah. sure enough, it's him. Yeah, weird casting. Let's, we'll do this out of order a little bit. Okay. Because I have a question for you about Marceline. Okay. And I've asked you this before, and I, I forgot the answer, or maybe you didn't know. Later, much, much, much later in the show, we uh-huh. get Marceline's backstory. That she was there during the Great Mushroom War, or just shortly after, with her mom. And her mom took care of her for a while, and then other things happened. I don't want to give too much away. How is she half demon? Her mom must have bumped uglies with Hunson Abadir. See, that's weird that we don't. I'm not saying we, we we get to see the copulation scene. It's just it's weird that that's just thrown away that she's half demon. But like, she just looked like a kind of a regular little girl. No, she looked weird. She was purple and had like pointy ears. But yeah, okay. I mean, and I this is her- in an age when everybody's still human. Oh, uh, you know, I think that's what was messing me up because that looks like pretty normal for the land of Ooh, but I guess it's it technically like still like Earth back then. Yeah, and remember in the vampire uh, storyline, there's a huge problem with with her, like the humans won't l- allow them allow her to hang out with them. Yeah, for a long time because she looks different. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so yeah, so we just basically never got the the story of how her mom and and Hudson Avenir met. I think Hudson Avenir probably. 
came to uh, Ooh, or Earth as it was back then, in human form and seduced her. But what's interesting, too, there is so that means the nitosphere existed when Earth was still Earth? The nitosphere always exists. Huh. That's where bananas come from. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. I, I thought bananas only came from, like, uh, Calypso music. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's the telling thereof. Yes, yes. My, my mistake. Completely. Okay, okay, so uh, you, you had more questions. No, that was really it. It's, I, I just, I was a little unclear as to her half-vampire, half-human nature. and Well, she's half-demon, half-human. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry, half-demon, half-human. That's what I meant to say. Um I think it's, I guess I forgot that when, during those backgrounds, yeah, she does look a little weird, but, um, she looks very weird for being earth still. Mm-hmm. It was, I think the thing that was, that was stumbling me. Cause like, she just looks like a little girl in, Ooh, it was just, Ooh, which is like, oh, that's just like what she looks like. Yeah. But yeah, I guess. So uh, man, maybe we get like a, one of those, um, in distant land things that they do on HBO max, Maybe we'll find out the back. Cause I want to know how the hell fucking Hudson Abadir went up there and. He, what he fell in love with her mom, or oh, I doubt does it was he get, love. Does he get horny? I think he. I think there's some dialogue or something that that talks about it at some point. Yeah, uh, I just can't to it. think yeah. of it right now. Yeah, we'll just have to keep our ears peeled. Yeah, watch out for that. Maybe one of our listeners knows. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, yeah, you should get in touch with us. We're at Wizbiz Wizbiz Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram, and that's it. And Instagram just. Go to Twitter. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Our Twitter needs followers. So please yes. uh, follow us on Twitter. I promise it will be amusing. Yes, there is there is plenty of whiz-biz content to be had there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also um, stop by our sponsors, which we don't have any, and we don't have a Patreon. So you're welcome for not having to sit through that. Oh, yeah. That is our, that is our <laughs> gift to you. But we yeah. do want you to subscribe to the podcast yeah. and follow us on Twitter and follow us on Instagram. Yeah, rate and review. Uh, if there's places you can rate and review, that would yeah. be great. I would say at this point, if you're going to do one thing, if you're listening to this, just subscribe. Yes. Yeah. That's our, that's our uh, you know, CTA, our call to action. Okay. Our call to action. Please subscribe, subscribe to the show if you're listening yeah. to this without having subscribed on your pod catcher of choice. Yes. We are available on everything from, you know, uh, iTunes. Wait, it's not iTunes. Apple Podcasts to Spotify to yes. all the junk in between. Sketcher and Stitcher and... Sketcher, uh, I believe, is a brand of casual shoe. Smacker, Spanker, all yeah. of those. We, we, we're available everywhere. Echo Box. Echo I just made that one up, Box. but it sounds, it sounds like there, there'd be some stupid shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Pod right. Monkey. <laughs> Eric, I have two things I would like to request of you. Okay. In no particular order, but I think you know what order you're going to go in. Could you show and tell me Ooh, something? shit. Yeah, okay. Oh, put that away. No, no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> God, Eric, we're platonic. Jesus Christ. I mean, God. it's nice and all. I'm impressed. But You know yeah. what? I used to hate the fact that we aren't making a video podcast, but now I wish we were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> take, take, that, uh, take that as you will. Uh, so you have, you have something to share with, the, share with the class. Yeah, I'm going to start off with the tell. Okay. Not the show. Just to, you know, mix things up. Cool. Um, so as you know, I just went on a month-long journey across the country on the choo-choo train. Uh, and one of my stops was Minneapolis. And in Minneapolis, I stayed with uh, my friend Nick Chappell, who is a uh, uh, famous internet occultist who is probably best known for um, writing the uh, kind of like first scholarly piece about the Cabalian uh, not being hermetic. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fun guy. He, he was a great host. 
Uh, and one of the things he did is he took me to Magus Books, which is sort of a famous kind of like a cult shop in Minneapolis. And when I was at Magus Books, I was like, well, shit, I'm at Magus Books. I need to buy a tarot deck. Yeah. So I did. I bought uh, the Egyptian tarot. Um, there are a lot of decks called the Egyptian tarot. Uh, this one has is uh, the... Oh, God, I'm going to have to... Oh, yeah. Another thing that's happened, I've, I've gotten to the age where I can't uh, read small print with my glasses on. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not cool. I know. I'm getting there, too. I, I'm, I'm reaching the... My, the last time I went to the ophthalmologist, they're like, well, you know, you don't need them yet, but you're getting there that, you know, just get like number one reader glasses if you're going to struggle with reading small stuff, which... Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm fine um, without my glasses on. I can read small stuff. Just oh, really? Fine. Oh, lucky. Yeah. Um, so this is a, a La Scarabeo tarot deck. Uh, if you haven't seen it, La Scarabeo, they make pretty good decks, but, uh, you know, they make tons and tons and tons of them. So there's not, there's not always like a lot of um, huge creativity involved. Uh, and then the artwork on this deck is by Silvana Alassia. So I'd been wanting an Egyptian-style tarot deck for a long time, um, primarily because um, my friend Jay Swafford, the guy who uh, made the Picatrix Deccans deck and the, the Moonlit Hermit tarot, he has this incredible and unfortunately out-of-print and very rare Egyptian tarot deck that is just filled with weird occult symbolism and great stuff like that this deck isn't quite as exciting i think it's actually still in order so you can yeah you can take some of them and look at it like you can see so i'm looking at the fool right now um and we got some other languages we got el loco yeah uh, le fou Mm -hmm. uh dernar and di dewas yeah uh that's sort of really typical for las carabeo decks they usually have like six different languages um on the card to sort of you know, show you. So I'm I'm looking at some uh, some of the trumps here, and yeah, the Empress, their Hedersherin. Yeah, they kind of all look like um, papyrus paintings. Yeah, it it it's done in very kind of bright, vivid Egyptian style, mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of hieroglyphs in the background, and um, it looks like there's some astrological stuff going on. Uh, there might be some Jewish lettering at the bottom right. I'm not mm, sure about that. I don't know what that is. Oh, no. Now, as I'm going through, those are a couple of them look like Jewish letters. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah, I they're, agree. They're, uh, that's somewhat, a good question. Yeah. So, you know, I haven't spent very much time with this deck. I don't know if the hieroglyphs are accurate or taken yeah. from anything. I honestly don't know a whole lot about it. <laughs> Just thought I'd bring it in and show it off. I, I definitely still have to spend some time with it. Um, so it has uh, kind of like cool artwork for... The Trumps, but of course, uh, like most uh, Las Carabeo decks, it just has uh, pretty standard stuff for the pips. Oh, okay. So it'll just be, you know, like the wands are all shepherds, crooks. Let's see. The the swords are like Egyptian daggers. The chalices are cups. There's no <laughs> And let's see. And the pentacles are... Weird-looking Egyptian coins. So, so there's a little bit of additional art and stuff, but it's it's not the most exciting deck that I've showed up. Well, all right. So let's let's do a little comparison here. Okay. What do you have? Do you have an Egyptian deck? I have an Egyptian tarot deck uh, from my shelf here. And Where's we, yours from? Uh, let's find out. Um, mine is. Um, hold on. I want to make sure I've got the cards in 
I had some cards fall out in a weird order. I want to make sure they're all facing the right way because I hate when that happens. Okay. And that's just a card protector. So mine is the Egyptian Tarot, complete with original instruction books by Comte Saint-Germain. Hey. Whoa. Wait, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. C-O-M-T-E Saint-Germain. Oh, the, can- the Comte de Saint-Germain. Yeah. Uh, forward by Stuart R. Kaplan. Uh-huh. And this is... Uh, is that U.S. Games then? Copyright 1980 by U.S. Games. Oh. Uh, box printed in USA. So mine are um, very different. Uh, the They're not in order, but like, for instance, uh, this is the uh, card number... 37 the master of the cup oh and then card number what's xl uh 40 the slave of the cup Weird. so they're um you're you're better at tarot than me you can you can look through these and see see what your thoughts are so they're not in order because i did try to read these uh read with them years ago I, my brother huh. found that deck and uh they are inscrutable because like it they're so they're so familiar to the tarot, but they're they're off a bit. This is cool. I really like this, actually. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely different. Yeah, like the front of it, uh, the four, it, card number four is the cubic stone, which, and they're all done in kind of uh, yellow sepia background with, mm-hmm. um, you know, just it almost looks like a, what kind of ink would you call that? It's a it's a brown ink for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these are cool. These are really cool. I think this might be better than mine. It's still not the same one that Jay Swafford has, which is oh really, which is kind of unbeatable. Like I said, there's just there's so many Egyptian tarot decks. Yeah, out there. So, um, but yeah, I would say after looking at the two of these, I think the U.S. games. So, so one thing about the U.S. games is it's all, uh, it's it's monochrome. So it's just brown ink on sort of like uh, a tan papyrus ish background so if you are after full color tarot decks you'll you'll probably want something else um but it looks it looks pretty interesting well here's okay so this is okay i'm just gonna read off real quick this, so in the front this is the table of the 22 major arcanes mm-hmm. um number one the, so it goes the magus the gate of the sanctuary iris urania the cubic stone the master of the arcanes the two ways the chariot of osiris the balance and the sword, the veiled lamp, the sphinx, the tamed lion, the sacrifice, the reaping skeleton, the two urns, Typhon, the thunderstruck tower, familiar, the star of the magi, the twilight, the dazzling light, the rising of the dead, the crown of the magi, and the crocodile. That's amazing. So that's that's the twenty-two, and then yeah, the the minor arcana are kind of related but have different wording underneath and stuff. Well, yeah. that's way cooler than this. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to one-up. I just... Uh, no, no, I, it's I, cool. I, you, you had you had the Egyptian deck. I'm like, oh, I have one here too. And I remember it being <laughs> uh, super uh, difficult to read with because it's this yeah. baffling array of new words. And uh, I would say for anybody listening, if you're looking for an Egyptian tarot deck, if you can find the U.S. Games Egyptian tarot deck, it's, it's, it looks more exciting than the Las Carabeo. Yeah, I mean, I think this deck might be kind of old because it says copyright 1980, and the the box yeah. felt old when it opened it. So <clears throat> I don't know who knows how hard they are to find, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's hard to it's hard to know. Um, U.S. Games stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how U.S. Games decides to keep things in print. I guess it depends how popular it is. Yeah, I mean, this feels kind of 1980e if I'm you know holding the book and whatever. Yeah, sort of like Dungeons and Dragons first edition. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting little tarot decks there. 
All right, so yeah, that has been Wizbiz uh, for episodes eleven and twelve of the show, and like episode six ish for us. I don't know. Yeah, somewhere around there. It must be six or seven. Yeah, we've taken a break since Eric took a month off uh, to go on his train journey. So I'm like, I don't know what episode we're on. But yeah. <laughs> either way, what we said before, you know, uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow us, do the things, and you know, if ever you know somebody that you think would be into occultism and adventure time, you know, the, the spoken word is powerful. Just recommend us to some people. Yes. Chant the ancient words. Send your friends to us. Exactly. Well, we will see you next time. Adios. Bye. Goodbye, Gunter. <laughs>